It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everybody, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarsports.media. And welcome to the show, everyone. we got a great one for you today here on this Saturday, May 22nd, as we look to preview UFC Fight Night Font versus Garbrandt, which will take place uh, in a matter of hours uh, from the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, obviously great to be back with you guys yada 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 all the regular stuff but we got to get moving here we got to get moving here on this preview because the show is uh on the proverbial road so uh it's not the greatest card in the world so we skipped the uh the prelims and we will be previewing the main card which uh starts uh in just a little bit because uh you know we had some technical difficulties and uh other fun stuff like that but i think everything is uh working now and obviously if you're tuning into this then clearly it worked so you know that's all uh ideal obviously uh this is the last ufc event of may so it is the finals of the main card showdown uh may world grand prix me versus drew if he gets his picks in uh we'll see if he doesn't get his picks in then i don't really know who takes his spot but you know, we'll uh, we'll figure out stuff like that uh, if it if it gets to it. Uh, it is a six fight main card. Uh, some some pretty good fights on there. Some pretty bad fights on there. It's it's kind of a mixed uh, bag. Uh, I don't think I have any housekeeping other than that to get to. Obviously, check our updated UFC rankings. We'll probably have those up um, probably less than an hour after the uh, the main event here. And uh, there are there are a handful of ranked fighters on here, so you know there will be some changes in some pretty uh, key divisions like middleweight, uh, bantamweight, obviously. So um, no, it should be a good one. So we'll get right into it here with the main card opener, where we'll have Jack Hermanson taking on Edmund Shabazian. Uh, Hermanson is 21 and six. Shabazian is 11 and one. I want to very quickly pull up the North Star Sports UFC rankings uh, to see where both of these gentlemen uh, are ranked. Um, I know, I think Ed- Edmund Chabazian's outside of the top 10, and he, we have him at 11, okay, and Hermanson's at 6. Um, so the, the, the matchmaking here the matchmaking here really makes no fucking sense. I don't understand it at all. Um, Edmund Chabazian, very talented guy. He's only 23. And you're putting him up against, um, you know, a, a legitimate title contender in Hermanson, who obviously has had his ups and downs. You know, he's had his losses to Cannoneer and, and things like that. But he's a very dangerous fighter. Um, not so much on the feet, but if he gets you to the ground, you know, he's got vicious, vicious submissions and uh, great ground and pound. And I'm just kind of perplexed by this because... Shabazian took on Derek Brunson, who probably at the time was ranked, I think, number eight eight or nine and he loses and then doesn't get a fight doesn't get a fight uh i think he fought last summer the end of last summer and now he gets a fight and it's it's against somebody who's higher ranked than brunson at least was at the time obviously brunson we have him at five hermanson at six but how do you go to losing to the number eight number nine guy and then go up to fighting the number six guy this fight would make sense if shabazian had beaten brunson but given that didn't happen i'm i'm 
pretty fucking amazed that they put this together. That being that being said, I, I still might go with Edmund Shabazian. Uh, I want to quickly pull up the uh, odds shark odds uh, to see what the uh, experts have to say about this. And we have uh, Jack Hermanson as the minus 145 favorite. 155 if you look at, at other places. Um, this this is a tough matchup for uh, Shabazian. I mean, Hermanson has fucking more than twice as many fights as uh, Shabazian has. And I, I think he's a very, very good prospect. But this this definitely might be a little too much too soon. I... I I really want to pick Hermanson, but I also really want to pick Shabazian because I just know Shabazian, uh, you know, for for everything I've said, still is a really, really dangerous fighter. I don't exactly envision this one going to a decision. You look at the average fight time for Shabazian, it's under six minutes. Hermanson, a little over six minutes. So these are these are two dangerous, dangerous fighters, and, and not to say that neither of them, uh, you know, have a, have a chin. Uh, they certainly do, but it's just... I don't know. I don't see this one going to a decision. I am going to go with Hermanson. Uh, he has very, very solid defense, and probably a lot of that uh, statistically is because uh, he takes people down and doesn't get hit. That's obviously a great strategy. 64% significant strike defense compared to 49% for Shabazian. Shabazian actually gets hit with more significant strikes strikes than he lands, which is not a fucking good sign. And always been starching some people. And he is a legit prospect, but the, the, the defense and the ratio is not very good. Hermanson has one of the best ratios I've seen, 4.9 to 1.7 for uh, significant strikes landed per minute uh, versus absorbed. So, you know, statistically the and, and odds-wise, you know, the numbers are going to are gonna go with uh, Hermanson. I, I say it with every single fucking fight we do, but it wouldn't shock me if Shabazian won. I know that's kind of a cop-out, but I am going to plant my foot down and uh, say that Hermanson's going to win. You know, he's had some ups, he's had some downs. I think Vittori's a pretty fucking good fighter. And when Vittori fights Israel Adesanya, I might pick, I might pick Marvin Vittori. Okay, so yeah, he, he got kind of worked by Marvin Vittori. Uh, you know, had his orbital broke and, and shit like that. Vittori's pretty fucking good, guys. You, you know what I mean? So, I'm going to go Hermanson to win by... I'm going to go TKO. I mean, he, he's obviously got very good submissions, but I, I will go TKO. Uh, for Jack the Joker Hermanson. All right, moving here, moving on here on the main card, we have an interesting featherweight bout here between Bill Algio and Ricardo Hamos. Algio is 14 and 5, Hamos is 14 and 3. Neither of these fighters are ranked. We'll take a look at the odds here, and they will have Bill Algio as the minus 125 favorite. Kind of a confusing one to pick uh, to pick here. Really. Uh, you know, a fight that could stumble up some people in the main card showdown. Um, you know, there's there's things to like about both fighters, um, but but they don't win. So that, that that's kind of the problem. Like Ricardo Hamos might be one of the most talented fighters at 145. Just when you look at his his credentials um, with with grappling and you know striking uh, being improving, and he's still a very young man. Um, but he, but he, but he loses some fights, and uh, you know, not not only does he lose some fights, he, he you know, he kind of gets worked in, in some of them. You know, he got knocked out by Larone Murphy, he got knocked out by Saeed Nurmagomedov. So, you know, he, he's he's very talented. He's five and two in the UFC, so you know that's obviously pretty good. But it's just ah, when you get finished, you know, there's some some things to work on. Statistically, nothing really stands out for Ricardo Hamos, but yeah, he is a good talented fighter. 
And then Bill Algio, I really liked his uh, debut performance. Uh, now, who was that against? Oh, Ricardo Lamas. There we go. From Ricardo Lamas to Ricardo Hamos. Uh, I really liked his performance against Lamas, and I, I think he deserved to lose that fight. I think Lamas did win, but Algio was sitting there and fucking trading, and, you know, he showed he had a, a pretty good chin. Uh, so, you know, I, I was pretty impressed with his debut, all, although it was a losing effort. And then, you know, comes back and gets a win over Spike Carlisle. So, you know, it's, I don't know what version of Ricardo Hamos we're going to get, and I don't know what version of Bill Algio we're going to get, but I kind of like... Uh, a little more of what I've been seeing from from Bill Algio as opposed to Ricardo Hamos. I mean, getting knocked out a couple of times in the first round. There's there's obviously some holes there. Not a whole lot of stats to gleam uh, on on Bill Algio, but I think he I think he does pass the eye test uh, for a UFC fighter. I'm not going to say oh he'll be in the top 15 or oh that's a future title challenger. I don't believe either of those things, but I do think that he belongs in the UFC. I think he's a tough fighter, and uh, you know it, it's gonna take a Herculean effort from Ricardo Hamos to beat Bill Algio to take a quote from uh, John Anik. All right, moving on here. We have a women's featherweight fight here between Felicia Spencer and Norma Dumont. Spencer is 8-2, Dumont is 5-1. We'll take a look at the odds here, and they will have Felicia Spencer Excuse me, as the minus 190 favorite. I actually think that's uh, a little too low. I think she actually should be uh, a bigger favorite in this fight. Uh, I do like Felicia Spencer's game. Unfortunately for her, she uh, resides in a division that does not exist and is a sham. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> like, okay, you know, nobody ever wants to see her fight Amanda Nunes ever again. Um, so, and there's not enough 140. You know, people always say, "Hey, the UFC should build the 145 division for females. We need they need more fighters. There are no more fighters. Like there, there are no good fighters at 145. Technically, you could fill the roster with 145, but it, but it would be like those soccer moms that uh, oh fuck, was it Michelle Watterson who knocked out like a soccer mom or something? Like it would it would just be like bums off the street. Like there's not enough 145. Like it's. It's it's like uh, the PFL. God bless them for trying the female 155 division, dude. There's not even enough at 145. Like you you can't do 155. It, it, you know what I mean? It, it's it's like the same reason why there's not uh, a men's atom weight division in the UFC. You could do it, but there's not enough fighters. There's not enough men who are 105 pounds to put in the UFC to put on a compelling product. Unfortunately, right now, I think maybe at some point as the sport continues to grow, especially, you know, on, on the female side of the things, maybe at some point we will have a 145 or just maybe an open weight or something. Uh, probably not an open weight. Uh, you know, it's a little too Japan-y, uh, a little, little too pridey or, or Ryzen-y or, or pan-crazy. But, um, yeah, so I don't know. And I don't know if she ever could cut. I mean, everybody... You could cut down to 135 if you really wanted. You know what I mean? She could cut down to 125 if she wanted. It would just take, you know, she's got to cut down on, on the diet and stuff like that. You know, Edson Barboza can make 145. You know, people can people can change their diet. But um, I'm getting way off track here. She's going to smoke Norma Dumont. I've never seen anything from Norma Dumont that would make me think she would beat Felicia Spencer. Um, 
lasted 50 minutes with two of the toughest female fighters to ever exist. Uh, obviously got beat very, very soundly in both of those fights, but, you know, just has a brick for a head. I mean, she's not going to get knocked out. Norma Dumont does have a knockout in the UFC against somebody that just plucked off the street, just a fan from the, the stands. Um, but, you know, Spencer has good wrestling. Uh, she's going to have a little bit of a reach advantage. Uh, she's obviously faced much higher competition than uh, uh, Norma Dumont, and uh, I think she'll win this one uh pretty soundly actually all right moving on here to the featured bout we have a heavyweight fight between justin taffa and jared vandera taffa is four and two vandera is 11 and five we'll take a look at the odds here and they will have justin taffa as the minus 185 favorite um don't like this fight i hate when the ufc does this more than anything i hate it so much we just take two fat heavyweights who don't belong in the UFC, who the loser of this fight will get cut, and we just put them in a main card because they're heavyweights and people want to see heavyweight fights. People don't want to see heavyweight fights. That's the problem. Nobody wants to see... He- heavyweight is the worst division in the UFC. I'm just going to come out and say it right now. Heavyweight is by far the worst division in the UFC. It's the sloppiest division. There's the least amount of technique in the heavyweight division. Clearly, I'm talking with a, a broad stroke here. Obviously, the wrestling of a Curtis Blades is genius. The the boxing of a fucking Stipe is, is genius. But, you know, on the whole, like if you look at every heavyweight on, on the UFC roster, uh, most of them are just insanely fat and barely athletes and are just people who throw hard punches like Justin Taffa. There's, Justin Taffa just punches hard. I don't, I don't really know too much about Jared Vandera other than what I've seen on the Contender series. But, like, that's the thing that bugs me the most is we have Jared Vandera, who came off of the Contender Series, beat up some guy nobody's ever heard of called Harry Hunsucker. That's his actual name. Okay, comes to the UFC, gets ground and pounded by Sergei Spivak, and now he's on the main card of a fight night. What did, what did he do to be on a main card of a fight night? Justin Taffa, this dude's 4-2. I understand he had a great knockout over Juan Adams. That's super cool. But this dude is 1-2 in the UFC, and he just gets to be on a main card because he's... 265 pounds it's by far the worst division i'd rather watch a flyweight fight bantamweight fight there's actual skill there's actual speed it's not just i could i could go to world star and watch some of the stuff i'm watching in the heavyweight division Uh, like outside of the top outside of the top 10 in the ufc i could just go to i could just go to world star i could just go to youtube i could just go to any of these places i could i could go to reddit and watch better fights than that it's just two big people swinging like i'm i'm sorry it might be a hot sports take but heavyweight fighting is just terrible i don't like it and i don't like two guys who don't deserve to be on a main card the loser of this fight will get cut i almost will guarantee that it's the same thing with like dude juan adams speaking of juan adams that dude i think he i think he was the featured bout of a pay-per-view just because it was in houston and he's a heavyweight and he's from houston like that's how crazy it is oh i just don't even you know people talk about cutting the flyweight division from the ufc dude cut the heavyweight division just cut out cut the ufc off at 205 cut it off at two you know or or just shift heavyweight down to 225 like just make a cruiserweight i'm not even remotely interested in heavyweight ufc fights just the by far the worst thing you'll see the worst product you'll see from the ufc i'm so tired of this 
I don't really care about this fight. I'm not even going to go into stats. I'm just going to say Justin Toffa wins by knockout, and I'm not even really going to elaborate. This fight just pisses me off. So Justin Toffa's going to win. It's two fat guys swinging. Uh, he's the biggest guy, so I guess he wins. But either way, I'm not, I'm not watching this fight. I don't care. Uh, even if it is a spectacular knockout, I'll see the highlight on Twitter. I'm not watching this. I'm not watching this fight. I just can't. All right, moving on here to the co-main event, a fight that's actually going to have talent and skill and people, two fighters who actually deserve to be on the main card of anything. We have uh, Yan Xiaonan taking on Carla Esparza. Yan is 13-1, and one, actually I think 13-1-1, one and, one, uh, and Carla Esparza is 17-6. and six. Uh, We'll take a look here at the North Star Sports odds. And we will have uh, Carla Esparza at four and uh, Yan Xiaonan at five. I think Yan is at three according to the UFC and Carla Esparza is at four. Obviously, they have it wrong and we have it correct, which is why we do our rankings because, uh, you know, we, we have it uh, the correct way. Uh, and, you know, I think this will actually be a, a, a very good uh, fight. Obviously, you know, classic striker versus grappler fight here. Yan being the striker and Esparza being the grappler. And, uh, I don't know. I didn't, well, I guess I don't want to get to it too early, but I didn't realize that they said Font versus Garbrandt was a title eliminator. I didn't realize they said, they said that, or I heard somebody like credible say that, um, for me, Yan versus Esparza should be a title eliminator. I think the winner of this one fights, uh, Rose Namajunas. I think there's good storylines, uh, for, for both of those fighters, as well as the fact is they've earned it. You know, first and foremost, they would have earned it if they win this fight. But, you know, Esparza had beaten Namajunas, so we'll get the rematch. But now Namajunas is the champion. Carla Esparza is a former champion. Um, you know, if Jan wins, there's the storyline of her trying to, you know, avenge. I don't know if she has any relationship with Wei Li Zhang, but, you know, that's her country. That's her country mate. So Yan trying to get the title back for China over Rose Namajunas, who knocked out the, the first ever Chinese champion. You know, so I think there's a lot of great storylines there. Two very deserving fighters, and uh, I, I think Esparza is going to win this one. Um, she's actually going to be the underdog. Yan is going to be the minus 120 favorite, essentially a pick 'em in this one. But uh, I, I think that uh, Esparza's wrestling is going to be enough to get the job done. Uh, you know, I've, I've certainly disagreed with some of her uh, performances in, in the UFC when it comes to judging. Uh, she's coming off of two split decision wins over Michelle Watterson and Marina Rodriguez. I think, if I remember correctly, I think she beat Michelle Watterson, and then I think I thought she lost to Rodriguez. But either way, they were close fights. I'm not gonna die on that hill that Carla Esparza lost those fights. I, you know, I don't. I just don't care enough. And they were close enough to where, you know, if you wanted to make a make a, a passionate argument that either fighter won. I believe you, but either way, you know, she, she definitely deserves to be at the top of the division here. Obviously, uh, she's one of the shorter fighters on the roster, going to give up four inches uh, in a, a height disadvantage. The reach is going to be exactly the same, though, so that's kind of interesting uh, that the grappler's arms are going to be just the, um, the length of the striker's arms. But, you know, on a four-fight winning streak, I saw... Um, Fuck, I think it was Heidi Andral. I was watching the interview she did with Carla Esparza, and I thought she said one of the funniest things I've, I've, I've heard that wasn't even meant to be funny. And it wasn't even that funny. 
Uh, I guess I'm hyping it up way too much, but she was like, oh, Carla Esparza, undefeated since 2019. And you're like, dude, that was like fucking 16 months ago. Like, what the fuck do you mean? Undefeated since, you know, like a lot of people always are like, oh, Jose Aldo, undefeated since 2005. You know, wow, he's been undefeated for fucking nine years. Uh, you know, uh, Hennen Burrell, wow, undefeated since like fucking 2004. Look at this guy, undefeated since 2019. Jesus Christ, it was just 2019 fucking 16 months ago, less than 16 months ago. Or wait, no, I'm stupid. Either way, not that long ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I thought that was pretty funny. It's a, a nice way of saying she's on a four-fight winning streak, but um, wh- while the River Falls math doesn't exactly check out, I do think Carla Esparza... I do think the numbers are adding up to tell me that Carla Esparza is going to win this one. Uh, Yan is an interesting addition. I, I always love fresh blood. Uh, on the female side of things because things can kind of get a little stale sometimes. Certainly, that's what's happening at the bantamweight division where you still have Holly Holm and Jermaine Durandamy and Raquel Pennington at the top of the divisions. But, you know, I, I, think, I think it might be her time at some point. I, I just don't think it's tonight. I, I think tonight she loses and, uh, you know, the six-fight winning streak she's, she's on uh, is going to be erased. And I'm picking Esparza, obviously, by decision. I, I do not envision a uh, a finish in this one. Maybe if it was five rounds, I, I could kind of talk myself into a finish. But 15 minutes, I don't think there will be a finish. All right, moving on here to the main event of the evening. It's going to be in the bantamweight division between Rob Font and Cody Garbrandt. Garbrandt is 12-3. and three. Rob Font is 18-4. and four. We'll take a look at the rankings here. And we will have Rob Font at number four, Cody Garbrandt actually at number three. So, you know, if it was up to us, we would call this UFC Fight Night Garbrandt versus Font, uh, not not the other way around. But either way, semantics, uh, I think it's going to be a really interesting fight. Uh, I really do. I think it'll be closer than people think. Rob Font is not a household name, and Cody Garbrandt certainly is. Um, so I want to start off by saying I am going to pick Cody Garbrandt to win this fight, but I kind of want to build the case for Rob Font because I don't think a lot of people are doing that. I think a lot of people are overlooking him. He's 33. He has been around for a while, but you know this is his first main event. People might not know who he is. There's so many big names at bantamweight: Dominic Cruz, uh, you know Uriah Faber, uh, Frankie Edgar, Aldo, uh, even like Rafael Asuncio back in the day, Dillashaw that, you know, Rob Font, and, and he, he blasted his way into the rankings when he beat Marlon Marais. So before that, he was probably like at like 10 or 11. So he was he was a guy you would see in the rankings, but you really didn't like know a shit ton about him. But, you know, th- this guy is uh, the real deal. So I think this fight will be closer than people realize. Uh, you know, three-fight winning streak, obviously had the nice knockout of Marlon Marais. Uh, you know, his, he's got three losses in the UFC, and they're at a Lineker. Pedro Munoz and Rafael Asuncao. That's a pretty tough trio right there. Uh, good boxer. I think this is going to be a really nice uh, kickboxing match here. Obviously, actually, really, really boxing. I mean, obviously, kicks will be thrown, but, you know, Gar- Garbrandt's a boxer. Rob Font is a boxer. So I think the striking is going to be great here. I think, unfortunately, for Rob Font, stylistically, that's not a good sign. I heard him saying that, uh, and this is a very uh, astute observation that I would agree with. 
you know, Cody gets frustrated and Cody gets angry and Cody gets hit and tries to get it back. And that's where he puts himself in uh, bad situations. And that's where he's lost. That's why he lost to TJ Dillashaw twice. That's why he lost to Pedro Munoz because he just lost his shit. He didn't stay cool, calm, and collected and just went out there and, and tried to bang with, you know, steam coming out of his ears. But I think what we saw in the Asuncao fight is Cody's a different fighter. You know, a lot of people remember that fight for the crazy knockout that Garbrandt had. A lot of people say knockout of the year. And that's fine. But you also got to remember, that was at the end of the second round. Up until that point, Garbrandt, Garbrandt was winning the fight. He, he, he was using a lot of lateral movement, using his hand, hand speed. Looked very quick, looked very sharp, used a, a lot more leg kicks than, than we're used to seeing. So, you know, yes, obviously Cody has the power to knock anybody out and, and turn anybody into a highlight, but it, it was almost like watching, like, it was almost like watching Francis Ngannou fight Stipe, where you're like, okay, we, we know what you bring to the table, we know what you've always brought to the table, but wow, I'm seeing a bunch of new dimensions to your game, like you've really refined your game, you're really, you're really a different fighter, while keeping a lot of the same stuff that made you great, that, that showed those flashes of brilliance, uh, you know, in, in the first place, so he, he, he won the 9 minutes and 57 seconds of the fight up until that knockout, so... You know, I, I think we're dealing with a, a much improved fighter. And again, going back to this stylistically, I get Rob Font is a pretty good boxer. He's a pretty good striker. But if you're trying to outstrike Cody Garbrandt when he's just in his element and having fun and not, uh, you know, angry and seeing red, uh, you're going to lose that most times. I mean, Cody has the quickest hands in the UFC and he's probably the most powerful bantamweight. So that's a real bad combo. That's a real bad combo. Really, the only way people have beaten Cody is by Cody beating himself. Now, this might be a little crazy, and we'll never know, but I just kind of want to throw it out there. Cody Garbrandt might, might be the best bantamweight on the planet, and he might have been the best bantamweight on the planet ever since he won the title in 2016. Like it's 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 so it's so weird to say. I'm not I'm not trying to make excuses for him, but it's like we. It's almost like we didn't even see Cody Garbrandt fight T.J. Dillashaw and fight Pedro Munoz. Like we saw, we saw like a different form of Cody Garbrandt. Like it's 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 kind of weird to say, and I don't think I'm articulating it greatly. But like he might have been the best bantamweight the last five years. It's just you know because of this and because of that. You know, he he was racking up the losses, but you know, I I think it'll be it'll be tough. But you know, Cody showed a, a you know a, a really good patience in that fight against the Sunsound. I I think if he brings it here against Font for 25 minutes, listen, maybe he maybe he flatlines Rob Font. I think it's a real possibility he flatlines Rob Font. Um, you know, even though he's never been knocked out. Uh, he's never fought somebody like uh, a Cody Garbrandt, but you know it might take until the third or fourth or fifth round. But you know I think what we saw from Garbrandt, he can just kind of sit there and relax and throw some leg kicks and and move around a lot and you know just kind of download Rob Font for 10, 15, 20 minutes. And if he has to win a decision, I like this. I like this version of Cody Garbrandt to win a decision. Now I think he will knock out Rob Font. I'm going to go Cody Garbrandt's going to win this by round four TKO. But, um, you know, I, I think it'll be closer than real, people realize because you got to give respect to Rob Font. 
but I, I just think Garbrandt is, is too good, man. I think he's too good, and if you're going to try to strike with him uh, in, in this current form, even though he kind of does have T-Rex arms, uh, you know, nobody's nobody's quicker than Cody Garbrandt, and nobody's more powerful than Cody Garbrandt, so I don't exactly know how you, how you beat that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, man. Like, you just got to be really accurate. I guess, I guess it's the old Conor McGregor fucking speech. Uh, you know, timing beats power and precision beats fucking speed or whatever like i rob font's gonna have to channel his his inner uh, champ champ here to try to beat cody garbrandt and uh uh while that is possible while it is possible uh, i i don't think it's what's actually going to manifest itself i think garbrandt's going to win by round four tko all right, with that, we'll wrap it up here. So, again, you can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. And be sure to check out our website at NorthStarSports.media. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.